So Volkswagen Beetle aficionado. Only person I've ever heard legitimately say they like the movie Driven. And former several-month resident of Buffalo, New York. <laughs> Daniel Suarez. If you could describe this dinner we just had in one word, what would it be? Talk, talk. Talk, talk. Talk, talk. Talk, talk. Well, that's one. First of all, that's Wait, two words. Do you mean TikTok, like the app? <laughs> Chew talk. Chew talk? I'm so confused. You were speaking such on? good English. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> and now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. Welcome to yet another edition of Dinner with Racers. I'm Sean Heckman. I'm Ryan Eversley. And we are somewhere in the middle of Florida heading home because we've just completed a 25,000 mile journey. Yep. Having lunch and dinner with some of your favorite stars. I'm sorry, did you say 25,000? Yeah, 25,000 mile journey. Oof. Having lunch and dinner and all kinds of things with your favorite folks in motorsports. I'm tired. And uh, we met up with a bunch of folks, but one of the folks we've been wanting to meet with for several years because he has such a unique story. And now it just so happens that he's racing for one of our best friends, Daniel Suarez. Daniel Suarez comes from Mexico, but currently lives in the Charlotte area and is a driver for our friend Justin Marks' NASCAR Cup Series team, Trackhouse Racing. And we were really lucky that we got to sit down with him and learn all about a guy that we'd never really spoken to before. No. So here's some quick stats on Daniel. As Ryan said, he comes from Mexico. And while he was living there, he won just about everything you could win in oval track racing in Mexico, karting to the NASCAR Mexico Series. He then moved out to the U.S., eventually hooked up with Joe Gibbs Racing and won the Xfinity Championship. Right. And has since raced in Cup for a few years, now hooked up with Justin Marks and Trackhouse Racing. And while the guy is a hell of a driver, the reason we really wanted to sit down with them is that he has a story unlike anyone else that we've spoken with and you'll understand why honestly as you hear him tell it so here's a few things you're gonna hear about a new perspective on the movie driven that's real <laughs> I can't say it um, moving to the racing metropolis of uh, Buffalo New York and we educate him on the Baja 1000 Daniel Suarez from Mexico right yeah, we educate him. We taught him something about it. About the Baja 1000. Right. And all of this took place out in Huntersville, North Carolina. We ate at Ease Sushi, which is a pretty big staple Yeah. in that part of NASCAR country. Yeah, Ease is in the Burkdale Village, which is where like every development driver at some point lived in the NASCAR series, yeah. including uh, a young Andy Lally. Ooh. I had the Doug's Filet Roll, which is my go-to when I go there. It's like a surf and turf roll with, with, with uh, steak on it. It is... So good. And of course, Ease Sushi made me a chicken sandwich. Right. Ease Sushi. Right. I had a chicken sandwich. Yeah. Just to be clear. At the Japanese restaurant that a Mexican kid took us to. Yes. Right. Got yes, it. Got it. They gave me yes. a chicken sandwich. Yes. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hey, hey, Leo. <laughs> How you doing back over there? Vamos lá, gente. Pô, vocês estão demorando muito. Right. Once again, thank you to Elio Castro Neves for driving us there. But most importantly, we have sponsors we got to thank. We got to pay these bills. These bills ain't going to pay themselves. So thanks to Acura for providing us this lovely, lovely Acura MDX, which smells horrible right now. But thankfully, one thing that's helping it is we got the unscented oil. 
Yeah, the uh, the Valvoline. Yeah, the unscented. Right. Um, so, so just beautiful. It goes on your skin cleanly. You, you like lather it in. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No problems. Yeah, it's good to go and also good for your motor. It is. Right. Yeah. right. And uh, yeah. also, hey, Continental Tires. You're awesome. Thanks. Yeah, Continental Tire. Yeah, you're all right. In yeah, our, they're all right. Yeah, you're all right in our book. Yeah. 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 Cool. You know, since day one. Since uh, you've uh, kept this whole thing going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah making the whole thing yeah. happen. So I'll do it before you have to ask. Yeah. But uh, hey, hey, thanks to uh, Continental Tire. Cross contact. TBD. LX. Tire. Daniel Suarez. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. We jump right in. Put that on. All right, and we're completely live. Okay. No. Thousands of yeah. listeners right now. <laughs> so you guys are, are live or recording? No, we're no, recording. No, no, no. no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. So what's going on? Not much, man. I have had a little, a little busy day today, but it's been good. Doing what? In the morning I normally work out in the morning, uh, and then I have a bunch. Of, I had a bunch of meetings, pretty much starting at eleven, until like five o'clock. So it was it was just perfect to come here. Ah, there you go. You're welcome. Yeah, it was, it was uh, good. Now, when you say meetings, is that is that marketing, PR stuff? Is that team engineering stuff? Both. Okay. Both. Uh, yeah. Today was more uh, marketing stuff. Yeah. yeah. Sponsor stuff. Yesterday, yesterday was Monday. Yesterday was the whole day of competition stuff. Yeah, and tomorrow we have, uh, I have something tomorrow very early, and then in the afternoon I'm, I have simulator the entire day. Ah, okay. Simulator stuff, like is there is a, is it a children's simulator? Is it a GM simulator? GM. So everybody's trying to reserve time. Correct. So you guys get this slot and Hendrick gets some other slot. Correct. And yeah. 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 And then what are the details on that? I'm kidding. You can't. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the, on the sim. What, what kind of sim is it now? It's yeah. a big sim, honestly. It's yeah. actually a big. It's like a whole room, right? Yeah, it's probably it's probably two, two of these. Oh wow, Jesus. Okay. It's, it's pretty big. Yeah. 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 They have two, but they have one in, in a room like this, mm -hmm. and the entire thing is white. Okay. And the whole thing becomes the the screen. Oh, so even the background, the walls, and everything becomes kind of a visual everything, point. Yeah. Oh, jeez, that's awesome. And, yeah. and in the back, there is like a big window. Uh huh. And then there is uh, kind of like an area for all the engineers. Yeah. And they they have like ten different TVs with all different cameras, so yeah. they can see what I'm doing with the pedals, steering yeah. wheel, everything. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it, it's been it's been quite uh, it's been quite uh, helpful and hurtful at the same time this year and as a new team it's it's good and bad because we don't have a big notebook of previous years yeah, yeah, so yeah. so we have to trust a lot of the simulator and sometimes it's very good but sometimes it's not as good so yeah. without practice so the sim will send you down a direction but then in real life it doesn't sometimes translate it's, sometimes it does yeah. but sometimes it doesn't yeah. and when it doesn't we suffer a lot right because you're almost starting further back than you would have Correct. expected yeah yeah so it's kind of like a, you have to have a balance, you know? Yeah. Uh, but at this point of the year, we have already learned for a lot of months, so we, we kind of already know what to do. Um, it's been good. Tomorrow we're going to work in Kansas a little bit. We can already know. We're already racing Kansas once, so we already know where we have to be. And uh, we just tweak a little bit and work on the on the line and stuff like that. But, but that's pretty much it. We, we, we don't get too crazy about it because we, because we, we were uh, in, tax, in Kansas already once. Yeah. Since practice is effectively not a thing anymore, uh, 
I assume, is it is it now the sim programs for everybody? Is that more critical than it's ever been? It is. It is, for sure. Uh, practice will come back next year, though. Okay. And I assume that'll year. help you guys a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I only think I can wait for next year uh, for practice. We're going to have practice in the, in the last race of the season in Phoenix. Uh, so that, that, that's going to be good. Yeah. Super important sim question. Can you load Mario Kart into it? <laughs> I wish. Okay. I'm pretty good at Mario Kart. That's what we hear. So. Yeah. What, what did you drive here in? A Beetle. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Nice. Wait, was that, is that the daily or is that because you were doing a media thing? You know what? I've been driving the Beetle the entire day. Yeah. So it's been my ride today. I went to, to have a meeting in the morning, mm -hmm. and, and then I went to the house to have some more meetings through Zoom and interviews and stuff like that. And, uh, and it's, been my, it's been today's ride. So I think probably to set the background on you as a car person, you've been like into tuning cars, and your dad's had a shop like your whole life, right? Correct. Yeah, actually, that's, that's how I started. Yeah. I, I didn't start because of racing. I started because of car stuff. Yeah, so you're a car guy. Yeah. Like, even if racing wasn't a thing for you, you'd still be into tuning and building and, yeah. and customizing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So why the bug? Why the Beetle? It's my signature. Uh, you know, I, I grew up with them. I, I have had my first car was a Beetle. I, I put, like, seven different engines in it. Uh, I just work on them a lot. Engines, transmissions, all that kind of stuff. I just enjoy it. Uh, I like, I like to, I like to have those little cars go fast. Uh, it's, it's kind of fun. Would you do the Baja 1000 in Class 11? I don't know, man. I, I have, I got the invitation to do it once. But in Class uh, 11, though, like no, in the, I, okay. I can't even remember what class it was. Okay. Honestly. But you know about Class 11, right? So no. class oh, of, oh, wow. Well, Look at us. Maybe all three of us are doing this. Yeah, uh, this is going to be our thing. Right, with so, Justin. With Justin. With Justin. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the Baja 1000 has a class called 11, and that is an all-old Beetle class. Oh, really? Stock yes. Beetles. I think you can do a little bit for ride height because of the stuff, but it is all old Beetles racing. And it is minimal, minimal adjustments and updates and, and performance upgrades. That's so cool. they get the crap beat out of them driving these things, and sometimes they don't even make it to the checkpoints, for the checkpoints are gone. <laughs> but it's in all the old be Beatles, and those guys are out there, like, roughing it. That's yeah. cool. A thousand miles. A thousand miles. In the desert. Yeah. yeah. In the middle of the <laughs> desert. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, those are your people. Yeah. Like, those exactly. are the guys that are going to be like, yeah! Yeah. 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 All right. So, you know, Ryan drives full-time in IMSA. I'm more on the marketing PR side of IMSA and sports cars and road racing. Um, for some people who are maybe more on the road racing side may not be as familiar with you, so... In the grand scheme of NASCAR drivers, you're not some kid that came in with sponsorship and money right from the get-go. Um, so you were born in Monterey. Yeah. Think, people think that actually... When I say Monterey, yeah. I mean Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, next to Salinas. Laguna Seca. Yeah, 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 yeah. California. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, people... I don't know why uh, people thought at one point that I was I was coming from family from, from a lot of money, and, and it, it wasn't the case. I'm... Uh, you know, I... I, my, my family had to do actually through a lot. I know, I know everyone has different stories and everyone has to do different sacrifices, but I was, I was born and raised in a, in a very, very average, probably even below average family. Um, I went to, you know, to public school and, and, and stuff like that along with my sister. Uh, my father has a restoration shop. That's where all the love for cars started. Um, and it's crazy how life works because I was I wasn't even interested in racing at the time. I, I always I would like speed and big engines and stuff like that, but I wasn't interested in racing. Sure. Well, if that uh, is restoration, that's more like 
big classic cars Correct. and that so, kind so of that, thing. That's yeah, what yeah. my dad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what my dad still does for a yeah. living. Yeah. Um, and uh, as you know, you, you you can't have a lot of money doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it's more like a hobby yeah. to me. Yeah. But anyway, so one of my dad's customers was into racing uh, with his son, and uh, that's how I got into racing. And uh, and you know, fast forward a couple of years, we started racing gokers with them, and uh, and and that started to I, I was good, and and then I started racing national, and then I started racing international, I started racing in the U.S., I started racing in Europe. Yeah. I, I won all several championships, yeah, yeah, in yeah. Gokers. Yeah. And uh, I won several championships in different places that they, I was, get, I was getting a ticket to go to represent Mexico, represent Mexico in, in, in Europe in a world championship right. and stuff like that. But this isn't family writing a check for you to no, go do this. Actually, this is you earning a thing the country, that sponsors the you. The country was writing the check. Um, right. So do win this go-kart race to get the, and then you get the, the ticket country to go Mexico. There. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were paying everything to me. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's how, how everything started. You know, I race along uh, drivers like Esteban Gutierrez, who is, who is in Formula One. Him and I actually we we grew up together. They were side by side. Esteban is a, is a great friend of mine. His uncle used to race with Ryan and I in the series that we do. Uh, Jose okay. Manuel Gutierrez. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, I know him extremely well. He's a very good friend of mine. The difference is that obviously he was way more fortunate to me than than me when it comes to to family money. So he he was yeah, able yeah, to. Yeah. To, to get different opportunities, and I got stuck in go-karts, and, and, and uh, at one point, I had to make a decision what else to do, what was next, no? And, uh, so basically, you're getting sponsored in the go-kart world from basically national money or national sponsors to send you. Yeah. So you do well, but then, okay, great. Yeah, because, so, yeah. I mean, it, it was very difficult to make that step. I mean, yeah. I, at the time, I was racing go-kart for free because I was I was getting paid for from different teams to race with them, to teach different kids, and they were paying for my tires and stuff like that. So I was already, go-karts were already covered. Yeah, yeah. But the difficult thing was how to do the next step. So, Well, the I, jump up in price has got to be massive, right? Exactly. So at that point, there was a very successful series called uh, Box Sports uh, in Mexico. It was a local series. And actually, believe it or not, there were Beatles, like like regular Beatles racing. And my dad was uh, had a restoration shop, and he was big into Beatles, so he was one of the distributors for parts for this series. So that's how the relationship started. So I started racing those Beatles and Gokers at the same time, so I can learn the bigger car. And and the thing that was the most attractive to me is because one of the one of the races of the year, those Beatles were racing with NASCAR Mexico yeah. as as the in a small series. Yeah, like so a for, support for the weekend. Correct. Yeah, so yeah. they were racing like two hours or three hours before the yeah. main race. Yeah. So then I started to pay, pay more attention to NASCAR because I, I, I saw that there were a lot of sponsors in NASCAR and in open wheel, there were not a lot of sponsors. So, so then I started to pursue that. Um, so this was just as the American open wheel world was pretty much collapsing um, and a lot of the big Mexican stars at the time were slowly moving their way out, Fernandez yeah. and Dominguez and such. Exactly, yeah. so this was yeah. probably 2006, yeah. five, six, yeah. some, somewhere around there. And um, and eventually, my father—it's kind of funny. I won the championship in those Beatles, and uh, and I was very likable for for people. Uh, people really uh, liked it, like me in that series. And uh, so between all the teams, all the drivers in that series, they helped me find sponsors, little by little, to be able to do one race in the in the series that was kind of like the truck series here. So is the series that goes with NASCAR side by side to every single race. It's like a mini NASCAR. And uh, it was a four-cylinder car, 
racing nobles and everything like that. So I got money from the entire series to go do one race, and, and that first race was in Guadalajara. I remember, I remember perfectly when it was, how it, how it went, and I was very fast, and uh, and that was the beginning. So I started racing there, and then then my father sold his business, he sold the shop and the store, he he sold the whole thing for me to be able to race uh, in that series. And uh, and things went very well. I won I won a bunch of races, and I got I started getting a sponsorship, and then things started going well from there. But then we wanted to do the next step, that it was go to NASCAR Mexico. At the time, I was probably 16, 17 years old, and that was a more expensive step. So and your your dad just sold everything just to get you through this. He sold the business. Yeah, 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 he yeah. sold the restoration shop, and he sold the he had a, a like a parts store for the same kind of cars. Everything went away, and. Uh, and, uh, and we got, along with that and some sponsors, we were able to rate the full season in, 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 that, in that series. Uh, actually, no, it wasn't the full season. It was almost the full season. And, uh, and we were very good. I mean, we won a bunch of races, and, and it was very good. My first year racing ovals. And from there, I really wanted to go to race NASCAR because I was already doing extremely well there. I wanted to go race NASCAR Mexico. And, uh, and, and, but the, the hits were even harder. So. So at that point, we were already with a few sponsors. We already had some support. Uh, there were a couple agencies in Mexico that were helping me to find sponsors. And, uh, and to be able to raise the first half of the season of the following year, we put together a bunch of sponsors. And my father had to put a mortgage in my mom's house. So that was actually very strong to me because uh, I knew that he already sold the business. And now he was putting a mortgage in my mom's house. So I was only a kid of 17 years old. So I already understood you know what right what that yeah. meant sometimes 17 year olds don't necessarily understand what their families are doing for them but I in did. your case this was yeah, i did yeah. because i was i was yeah, along the ride yeah. you know the entire time trying to find a sponsor so right so for me it was it was it was big yeah, and, and everything my, they have and, is leveraged and, and yeah. my father told me you have seven races because the full championship was 14 races you have seven races because we only have seven races to have that big team contact to you that big team was Telmex and Telcel which is a, a big company in Mexico they had a team so he say kill it he say, you can do it so we start racing with this team the team was actually pretty good it wasn't the best but it was pretty good so in the beginning you know like everything is struggling a little bit but then we were fast one race we did the pole position I was always very fast and uh, and then we start you know cranking it up a little bit more a little bit more and uh, and believe it or not on race seven I got the pole position. I was racing up front. I was running the top three, and uh, and I got wrecked. So I somebody hit me, and 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 the car was destroyed. So that was it. That was gonna be the the end. Yeah. You know that was the last race. Everything your family and, uh, gambled on. Yeah. That yeah. was it. Yeah. And uh, believe it or not, that week that I wrecked, they called me. The big team called me, and I I was expecting them to tell me, okay, you know, you are coming with us for next year. No, actually, uh, I mean, it's kind of crazy how it happened, but they fired one of the drivers that they had, and they were struggling a lot. They fired that guy, and they put me in the car the next race. So, so it, was, it was crazy, man. I got goosebumps when I tell you. It was crazy how it happened. I remember, I remember even when I, was, when I got the call, I remember where I was and everything. And, uh, and that was the beginning of my success in Mexico. Right, because the minute before that call, not only was your career over, 
but like everything your family had worked towards was everything. all done. Everything. Yeah. I, I, I worked very hard, and, and, and we did very good. We didn't win a race, but we were very good. We were sure. going up front, and, and right. we were doing extremely well. But meanwhile, your mom's house was it? is underwater now, and, yeah. and your dad's business is gone. The business yeah. is, is halfway gone. My, yeah. my father was working in the business, but he, he wasn't so owned he by him anymore. Yeah, he was yeah, just yeah, working so a job yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He was an employee. He yeah. wasn't a, an owner anymore. Yeah. So. What was, it was his, very tough. what was his goal for you? Like, where, like, what was the what was the business plan? I'm gonna sell this, get you going, and then what? He told me. He even if you talk to him right now, he he will tell you that he always saw something special in me. He said that I was way more talented than all the kids around me. And uh, he, I mean, it's easy to say now for him, but he said, "Man, I I knew you were gonna make it with the right opportunity. I knew you were gonna make it. And once once I make it, when once I made it with this big team, you know." My dad already relaxed. He didn't have to worry about me. He was doing his own thing, and I was already racing. And I, I actually started making a little. That was the first time I started making a little bit of money, very, very little. But I was, I was at least, you know, living without having to ask my dad for money every month. So, so that started doing well. Uh, the problem started that just six months after that, after that year was gone, because I started in the middle of the year. After that, I, 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 I was doing actually very well. And, uh, and the, th the team was struggling. The team that they gave me was struggling, so I made it better. And we, then we, we got to a point where we were competitive, where we didn't win races. And I only had two years of experience in ovals. So at the end of that year, an opportunity came from NASCAR in the US to race uh, a very important race in California at Inwinder called uh, the All-Star Showdown. I didn't really want to go because I didn't speak English and I didn't know, I didn't have a lot of experience in ovals, but NASCAR found some sponsors and then I had a couple of the people that was interested in Mexico. So my father say, hey, my father had to put a little bit of money. He found a little bit of a sponsor. So long story in short, we ended up going there. I didn't speak a word of English. We got to this car. I never, I don't really have a lot of experience in ovals. They, they tell me I have to run against the wall. I never done that before. <laughs> so, you know, we went, we went over there and, uh, we qualified like 15 and we finished we finished 11 we finished 11 so that was the beginning of the u.s yeah that was that that, that was the very first spark of the u.s after that the team that i raced with it was a little team based in buffalo new york they were not even in charlotte or in the west coast they were working on the car on a garage on like a three-car garage very small team so the guy, the owner, he, he told me, hey, you're a great guy, and, and I think you're talented, but you have to learn English, because if you can communicate, you're going to be better. So that was at the end of the year, beginning of the year, I can remember. A couple months later, I moved to, to Buffalo, New York, thinking to learn English over there. From Monterey. From Monterey. It was, That's a big it was change. Cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, how, how did you get yeah. to Buffalo? I flew over there. Okay, you didn't yeah. drive one of the Beatles? Not yet. Not yet. That, was, that came after. <laughs> right. Wait, what time of year did you move to Buffalo? In the winter. No. Oh, uh, it wasn't good, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, snow is not a thing in Monterey, right? Yeah, yeah so, right. yeah. And also, it's Buffalo. Yeah, like, yeah, ugh. yeah. It's <laughs> like, like New York, but worse. <laughs> Not a lot, yeah. It's, it's like New York, but with nothing. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, 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 you get it. Yeah. So, anyway, I was there for like three or four months, and then I thought in my mind that, I, that NASCAR was there. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know English, so I, I, I couldn't really understand much. So you're thinking you're going to like the Mooresville I was kind of area, I was like there's NASCAR shops everywhere. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. But instead, it's just Bills fans. Man, this guy was a genius. Yeah, yeah. Like he knew what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. That was very nice. And 
he helped me start. Yeah. Sure. And I learned I learned some English, not everything, but some English. <laughs> I'm well, sure you, you learned some. You learned Buffalo yeah, English. Yeah, I would say you were in <laughs> New York. Spanish. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and then I realized that NASCAR wasn't there. I realized that the shop that he had, it wasn't really shop. And, and then I started to learn a lot. And then I said, you know what? I'm in the wrong spot. I talked to my father. I did a couple more races with him. A lot of issues in the car. Like, almost the, what happened in the All-Star showdown that I finished 11. Like, it was a miracle. Yeah. Like, everything else. that car should the, the, oh, right. yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So, so, in, so yeah. you didn't know it at the time, but in retrospect, that car should never have been. What no, it no, right. no, no, no. Yeah. That car wasn't yeah. to finish so you, 11. You could yeah. have won if it was with somebody else. Yeah, decent yeah. equipment. Yeah. yeah. So I ended up going back to Mexico. Yeah. I said, my how, father, hey, how long were you in Buffalo? For three or four months. No, it wasn't a for a long, long time. Yeah. yeah. With very limited English. And, like, Buffalo is not known. Like, if you were in Southern California... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Southern California, they speak Spanish. There's a lot of Spanish speaking in Southern California, but like Buffalo. Where were you living? At his house. Okay. With him. And, and he spoke Spanish? No. Oh. <laughs> no, nothing. Right. That, that, was the, that was the point, right. to learn yeah. English. Yeah. Learn well, or learn. I don't yeah, think anyone can question your commitment to succeed. No, for sure not. <laughs> yeah. But also, you were like, what, like 20? I was 19. 19? Yeah, wow. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're a 19 year old Mexican kid living in Buffalo, New York with a guy that doesn't speak English. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking you're in the epicenter of racing. After three or four months, I realized that, that one, that NASCAR wasn't there. And I also realized that that wasn't the right place for me to grow, you know? So I, I talked to my father and said, hey, I have to go back to Mexico. And I learned that the thing is in Charlotte. <laughs> so, so. I went back to Mexico. I, I, I was working on one of my Beatles that I have here. I put a new transmission, new suspension, I rebuilt the engine. I connected with a, with a friend of a friend that was living in Charlotte. He told me, yeah, man, come over here. You can, you can stay with me for a little bit. So I came here. I started living with this friend of a friend. I drove all the way from Mexico to here. <laughs> in, and then, in a Beetle. In a Beetle. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I... You know, a month and a half went by, and then I moved with another friend of a friend. And just like that for six months until I was able to afford my own apartment. And uh, just start looking for opportunities. I didn't have anything at the time. I was just trying to look. And this is the good thing, is that in all this process, I was still racing in Mexico. Oh, you were? I was still. For, yeah, for yeah. the Telcel team. Yeah, yeah, because they told me, hey, then if you try to do your thing in the U.S., and we're going to take care of all the travel, everything you have. So, okay, so, so there's still some money coming in. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They were trying to support me without giving me the money to race here. Okay. So I knew that my gamble here, I still had a guarantee there over there. Because some, I was still racing over right, there. Right, right, right. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, after, after I started to, after I went back to Mexico, I got my car, and then I moved here. I started looking for different opportunities. My, my first, my, my main goal for two years was to learn English. Because I, I was more focused in the first couple of years to learn the language than how to drive here. Because I just couldn't communicate, and I, I knew I had to communicate, you know. So I had to. But the thing is that I couldn't afford, because all the money I was making in Mexico, I was spending it to live here. It's not very. I don't know. I don't know if you guys are very familiar with the pesos dollar transition, but it's not very yeah. uh, efficient it's not a, not to the make. Mexican favor. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not very efficient to make pesos and spend dollars. So every everything I was making over there, I was spending it here in living. So I couldn't afford much. So so I had to. I had to learn English by myself. I couldn't afford classes. So I was. I I kind of like taught. I taught myself English. Well, in communication in any racing. It's critical, but oval track racing in particular, where setup is such a big factor. That, yeah. yeah. 
By the time I was driving whatever they was they were giving me. Yeah, yeah. You just drive the hell out of it. Change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, no. yeah. go hard, and that's it. Yeah. So if you couldn't if you couldn't communicate and you couldn't afford classes, how did you teach yourself English? Like, what was the? Did you have a method or no. TV so, or something? Oh yeah, yeah. I have TV. So I start to think about how you learn. I mean, how you learn English, right? How I learn Spanish, and I mean, we learn our first language by listening by reading uh, reading at school and by watching movies uh, you know so and obviously practice right so I started doing that I, I started reading uh, books I couldn't understand uh, in the beginning I couldn't understand nothing and then I start to I start going to diff, uh, to a shop especially every day to practice to, to people to talk to listen and I start watching a lot of movies uh, with subtitles First, first with subtitles in Spanish, and now once I knew what they were saying, I was watching the same movie with subtitles in English. So the same movie, like for example, the movie, I, this movie I watched like 25 times. I'm not kidding. The the Driven. Remember this? Oh uh, my God! Geez, no way. No, stop. Justin no. told you to say that. Yeah. No, no, no. Justin told you to say that. That's my favorite movie. No, so it's that one, not. No, it's hell. not. I don't know what to do. That, I, that movie I watched like 25 times. Like, I don't know if you guys remember the movie yes. Gone in 60 Seconds. Yes, yeah, that, yes. That one, like another 30 the, times. The yeah. new one with, uh, with Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage. Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. No, you, you got to understand, like, we have spent seven, six years on this podcast shitting on the movie Driven. Making fun of it with everybody. Yeah. We made fun of it last night with Tim Keene. Right. Who used to and run your assy. You're saying Driven... And Sylvester Stallone <laughs> single-handedly built your career. My, my English. Does Justin know this? No. So without Sylvester Stallone and Driven and Kip Pardue. You guys can let Justin know because Justin knows this. Oh, we're going to let him know. I watched I watch that movie. I watched that movie. Well, the, the problem okay, that like we're having right now is that he doesn't see the irony in this at no, all. Exactly. He's like, no, like, I like yeah, the movie. I don't know what the problem is. Yeah, yeah. That is probably the most made fun of movie in racing history. Are you aware of that? No. no. Okay. Well, if you like it, you like it. Yeah. Cool for you. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love it. What's your favorite line? My favorite line? Yeah. yeah. My favorite there... line is when, when he's singing, when he's driving and singing. No. God damn it, Daniel Suarez. <laughs> yeah. The quarter trick? Have you ever tried the quarter trick on an Aspro track? No, no, no. That's too much. Oh, that, that's too much. Oh, that's that, just, that that's one's too much. Part. Okay, okay. Yeah, the yeah, part yeah, where yeah. Mama Moreno... Who? Mama Moreno. <laughs> right, that's a real name. Puts his car out on flames just when he flies into the lake. Right, right, right. On the that part course. was okay with you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> it's a movie. I don't know if we were allowed to get personal, but you're you're dating Julia Piquet. Mm-hmm. Her dad, legendary Formula One world champion and superstar. Did they know about this? I feel like we're ruining. Julia does. Julia does. And she doesn't bust your balls constantly? <laughs> We gotta talk to her. Yeah, yeah. Well, All right. She likes you so much that she's willing she's to forgive. Yes. You taste in movies. Jeez. See how good I am. Wait. Okay. Man. Hold on. Now, now I, 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 look, I, I, I care. I, I care about your career, but now yeah. I need to know about your movie taste. If Driven is like a career builder for you, a life changer. He speaks yeah, English like, because, because of that of movie. The movie Driven. Yeah. Were there other movies? Gone in sixty seconds. Gone in sixty seconds. There were a lot of movies, but those yeah. two were my. Already Fast and the Furious, look, all that kind of stuff. Everything, no with everything, everything that is related with cars, I was watching. Okay, okay. <laughs> Herbie, fully loaded. Herbie, Herbie times. Yeah, okay, okay. That one I get. Yeah. You know, very famous 
popular car in Mexico. Also, you're you know big you're, fan you're of guy, that. Yeah, yeah. And it's a racing movie. Fast and Furious is fun. Yeah. You know, believe it or not, you guys made made made, made a lot of fun of this, but so for me, now. for me, the the movie driven. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> believe it or not, uh-huh. it really helped me a lot. No, we we with, believe you. To, to, no, no, no. In the race car. God damn it. To relax. To relax. To, to have fun. To start Honestly. humming? Do you start humming to yourself? No, no, I don't. But no. I do. It helped me to take pressure out. Mm-hmm. I'm being real on this. We believe like, you. Like, yeah. honestly, one, once, obviously, they, they, in that movie, they exaggerated everything by 10, right? But, but it's true. What, what he was saying is that have fun with things. He was more relaxed and he was going faster. Because the general theme of the movie, and I haven't seen it in a while, but the general theme of the movie is that he's taking it so fierce and so over-focused that he's hurting himself ultimately. And when he, when he meets Estella Warren, who used to be an actress, um, that she, she changes his perspective. Once you start enjoying the moment more, once you start, actually that was that's my my favorite line when when Sylvester Stallone give uh, what's his name uh, I can't remember the name. Oh, yeah, Kim Pardue is the actor. The little trophy. Yeah, that's my favorite part because he talks about having fun and enjoying the moment to remember why he started racing. I, I know all the lines because I watched it 25 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to remember, and I haven't watched this movie. I'm not kidding. Probably five years. In five years. In five years, I haven't yeah. watched it. So. 15 years after because, it came out. Because I already learned English, so I don't have to watch yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, that part, honestly, is one of the biggest lessons I have had. Yeah. To, to remember to enjoy and have fun in the moment. To live the moment. Justin, I'm sorry. This is the first real conversation I've ever had about this movie. Like, you were just explaining a plot point, and I'm like, well, I've never even thought about it. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, well, sorry. We just learned a lot. Sorry about your Twitter feed. Yep. Um, uh... Thank you for your honesty. Yeah, no, I, I, I do. You. I do respect that I too. I respect you a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You also sacrifice a lot to make it into the sport, but your willingness to talk publicly about driven like this, uh, yeah, it, it's it's remarkable. We can't protect you after this. Yeah, yeah. I'm good, but I'm going to remind our audience. Yeah, your, be, be nice to him. We like him. Your father <laughs> sold his business and mortgaged your mother's house for yeah. you to be here. So uh, I think you, I think you can get a break. Um, um, so, wow. Rutledge Woods a very good friend of mine, and he went to the shop right. Like didn't yeah. He, yeah he went and saw him and Calperi, yeah yeah uh, he said that the trouble that your dad had by selling the family business and mortgaging your family's you know house it caused problems with you, your mom and dad right uh, well every time every time that you have I would say a lack of financial uh, stability comfort, stability yeah. yeah. You have issues, right? Yeah. I would say every single family that yeah. you know they don't have to pay the bills. Like, yeah. I'm not kidding. It's like at one point, I remember my house going out of, out of electricity. My house going like out of water. Out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because of the bill. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Then my mom had to call, pissed off to my dad, and not for go for money, go pay. It. Like we had situations like that. Uh, my, f- I was, uh, I, I'm a. There is a lot of things that people don't know, and maybe they will never find out, but there is a lot of things that I live in my life that I guarantee you that none other driver has lived. And it's, it's crazy, not a lot of people know this. So, but yeah, it's, it's uh, you, there were a lot of sacrifices through the way. Yeah. Is it, so now that you're at, at a cup level, you know, there's a lot of money uh, among drivers getting paid. Um, a lot of these drivers are either come from money or they're second generation drivers who, in many ways, had things helped out for them. Is there a side of you that almost gets upset with that? No. no. Upset with what? With Ups- money? Ups- no, no, no. Upset that maybe they don't understand the sacrifices that some of you have had to make. 
Listen, I think that I think every single driver has a different path. Yeah. You know, nobody, nobody that is good, nobody has had it has had it easy. Maybe you know, I I, I didn't have it easy because the money thing, and and because I didn't come with a family with racing. But maybe maybe Chase Elliott didn't have it easy because he had a lot of pressure from being the, Bill the, Elliott's the, son. Yeah, the, yeah. So, so everyone is different, right? right. Everyone has different kind of obstacles you know right. or, or or barriers to go through i can tell you i don't think the right. obstacles that chase went through probably are more difficult than mine i don't think so but everyone has their own uh barriers to to, yep. to go through so i just think that you know uh if, if you don't go through through difficult situations you're not good enough because you you you, you will you're gonna take it for granted mm -hmm. Yeah, so obviously you've had success in the in the NASCAR ranks uh, and just kind of tie the end of the career story, at least for like what you went through with your family. So from what I heard from Rutledge, you bought your dad a shot back yeah. and you got his business back for him yeah. with the money you made from racing. Yeah. yeah. That's like the coolest thing ever. That's well, such a cool thing. Yeah. Like how good does that feel to do that for your dad? The two, the two things that I'm most proud of was to be able to partner with my dad mm -hmm and put the shop that he had even better back together and to buy my mom a house because because I grew up I grew up in a in a house that it was a it was a two bedroom uh, house with one bathroom so it was a two bedroom with one bathroom for everything and uh, <clears throat> you know we, we it, it was it, it was most of our lives there was four of us my mom my dad me and my sister and then and then later on I had another sister but she she grew up in that house as well so they, they at one point there were five of us in a two-bedroom house yeah with one bathroom right so every morning there was a fight yeah yeah so you know I never moved to a different house like I that's that was my entire mom's house and uh and my mom she supported me so much you know she went through a lot through this because just for the fact that my dad was putting everything to me I always say this, if my, if my dad was making $10 a week, uh, six or seven of those 10 were going to me, and the other three were going to the house, to my mom, my two sisters, and, and schools, and everything else. So, you know, it, it was tough, actually. I remember when I, when I, was, when I was running go-karts, my mom didn't have a car. Yeah. My mom didn't have a car. And eventually she got a beetle. I remember <laughs> that it was, I remember that it was hot as shit and the beetles don't have air conditioning. Right. So it was, wherever you were going, you were, you need another shower. Yeah, it was struggling. But, yeah. uh, you know, all those things, I never took it for granted. And I, and I, the first two things I did was the shop with my dad. And the second thing was I bought my mom's house. That's right. so cool, man. Yeah. That's so cool. So now that you've been in this for a few years, have you bought anything for yourself or is there just too much guilt? Like anything, well, it's fun. I have. What do you uh, do? My dream car. I bought it a few years ago. What was that? A 23 window Volkswagen Boss. Okay. What year? We can hang. 57. Nice. That is, okay. Yeah. That's actually yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. well, that, that, that was my dream car since I was a kid. I, I used to see it in my... A Volkswagen Boss. Yeah. Volkswagen Boss, yeah. 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 I, I actually drive it here all the time. Uh, I never thought about having... Uh, Ferrari or yeah, Lamborghini. Right. You know? yeah, for yeah. me, it was a I'm, a I'm a classic car guy. So for me, I take a lot of pride. I take a lot of pride on uh, 
on building something, mm -hmm. you know, to say, I, I built this. This one I have to do a lot. This one actually is very, very original. It's probably one of the most original bosses in the country. Yeah. Uh, it has original paint, original everything. So I had to rebuild suspension, transmission, engine, yeah. brakes, everything. Parts of, it, of the interior. It was what they call a perseveration restoration. So it's, it's, it's a restoration that you're trying to save everything of the original, like polish the original paint, polish this, clean the speed, restore the speed of but original, like all those kind of stuff. So sometimes a restoration like this, it can be just as difficult as a paint restoration. Yeah. Because you have to find all parts in very, very good shape, but they have they, they can be right, new, right, you know? Right. Like, yeah. So yeah, this, this boss is, uh, is special. I have a few bosses, but, but this one is, is it's my dream car, and I got it uh, a few years ago. Yeah. So all this is going on as you're going up, but you still have to get it done on track. Uh, like, uh, you know, you move to Charlotte, you don't know the language, you're watching Griffin to learn it. At the end of the day, that's a huge distraction from figuring out how to find that extra hundredth of a second that's so critical, especially on oval tracks. Was there any benefit to sort of being isolated? No. Yeah. No. No, I was. Actually, it was very tough, man. The, the first two years, I didn't want to be here. I was suffering a lot because I didn't have money, I didn't have friends, I didn't have the language. Like, I couldn't do anything. It was very tough. Uh, like I said, it really helped me a lot to keep my mind in the right place to be racing in Mexico. Because in Mexico, you know, a lot of people knew me. They knew I, I was winning. And, uh, and it was successful in Mexico. So so everything I was doing here, it was kind of like upsetting everything I was doing in Mexico. So yeah. it was a balance. Well, but so the other side is when you, at this point in your, in your Mexican career, you're now, the, you're now the big guy, right? In Mexico. Yeah, yeah in Mexico. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you, you go back, your state people know who you are. You've got friends. You show up as now the guy that's out racing in America. So I'll use movies or TV as an example. If you didn't grow up in Los Angeles, and you move to Los Angeles. The truth is, when you move to Los Angeles to be an actor, you're living in a apartment, going to thousands of commercials, or thousands of auditions to be in a commercial with a hundred other people, and you feel this big. When you go back to your, your family in yeah. Columbus, Ohio, they think you're out being a movie star, and, and you almost don't want to tell them how bad it is when you're yeah. out there living in LA. Was there any of that for you? A lot. Yeah. A lot, but, Were you hiding but, but I, I never hide anything. I always oh, really? told them okay. exactly how it was. Okay. You weren't just sitting there like, oh, yeah, I was uh, hanging out with Jimmy Johnson yesterday. No. There was none of that. No, I, I've been always very honest. Yeah. And I told him I suck. <laughs> I told him it was horrible. Yeah. I didn't speak English. And yeah. and, uh, and it was very bad, man. I, I miss my family, and they, they they couldn't afford tickets to come. Uh, I couldn't afford tickets to go over there just, just like that. Uh, the, or, the only tickets I was able to travel it was when I was onto the racetrack. So many times... I was racing, for example, in Mexico City. I was going to Mexico City, and from Mexico City, I was flying back here. So I couldn't see my mom. Mm -hmm. I was only, I was only yeah. at times, I was seeing my dad because he was meeting me there. Yeah, so, right. so I was racing to Mexico, but that doesn't mean I was going yeah. with my family. Yeah. So it, yeah. it was difficult anyways. Yeah. Was there anybody that kind of showed up to become a friend to you and, like, take you under their wing here? Here? Yeah, like, was the first people that kind of were like, hey, this guy's one of us. He's a racer. Like, let's help him out. Coleman Presley. You know Coleman? Yeah, yeah, he's an Xfinity driver, right? No. What's he's his name? A Coleman Presley. Yeah. Why do I know that Coleman. name? Coleman. Uh, he he used to race before. Yeah. Right now he's a sporter. Okay. He's a sporter of Joey Logano. 
Oh yeah, that's so, why. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so him, uh, he was at the time he was trying to be a driver, and, and then he was trying to be a crew chief. And at the time when I was racing, he was one of he was actually my crew chief. Uh, he was new, he was rookie, but he was my crew chief, and uh, and he was he he's been best friend with Joey for a long time, and and I remember him bringing me to you know they were having a, a party or a little dinner at Joey's house and I was going over there and you know that's how I met Joey and, and you know he was always very nice to me. So he was a guy going out of his way to include you yeah. in the yeah. social stuff which is so important for the networking yeah. and yeah. Yeah and that's that's kinda like slowly how it started and, and then in racing. Like I say it was always very difficult for people to include me in many things because I couldn't speak English. So the only person the, the other person that actually took me under under his wing a little bit was uh, Julia's brother, Nelson Piquet Jr. Because he was living here at the time, and he oh, was racing, was so and stuff, he, yeah. he he spoke uh, Spanish. So, yeah. so I was able to. He was probably the only friend I had. With uh, you started to have some success over here. You did the Drive for Diversity program. How do you get sponsored by Carlos Slim to go into the proper cars you need to be in? So, Carlos and I, we we met. Long time ago in Mexico. Yeah, and, and he and was. Telcel is his company, which was company. in the big so, yeah. NASCAR car. So he's been huge into Formula One for a long time. Yeah. And actually, when I met him, the very first time, when I told you that in the middle of the year they called me to go over there yeah. to NASCAR. Yeah. So the same week, I flew to Mexico City, and then I met with uh, Jimmy Morales, which maybe you guys know. Yeah, I remember his name. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and Carlos Slim and. Uh, and Jimmy has been huge into NASCAR for a long time. Mm -hmm. And Carlos has been huge into, into everything yeah. oh, for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Yeah. You just, did, like, so, when we, just two nights ago, we were with Tim Keene, who mm -hmm. has a sports car guy, but he ran the Ganassi uh, Daytona night. prototype. Huh? It was last night. Yeah, right. <laughs> but he ran the Ganassi Daytona prototype with Memo Rojas. Yeah. And that was purely because Carlos Slim was writing a check and wanted a Mexican driver. So like Carlos's love of motorsports is very well documented, but go on. Yeah, so. And he's like currently helping Sergio Perez. He'll be helping Sergio yeah. since they won. Yeah, so I mean, so he is like not only one of the wealthiest men on the planet, but a diehard racer and supports his countrymen doing oh, really yeah. awesome things. If it wasn't because of him, there, there, there would be no Mexican drivers anywhere. Really? Yeah. 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 But he's not known for being a NASCAR guy, so I'm curious how, how this came together for yeah, you. Yeah, so when I met him, he found out by Esteban Gutierrez, which was part of Telmex as well at the time. Yeah that I was extremely good. So somehow, I guess he was talking to Esteban and I said, hey, this guy, Daniel, he is very, very good. He, he actually, he was right there with me with way older stuff when we were racing bokers. So when I went to meet with him, I thought they were gonna pull me the plan of, of, uh, of NASCAR. And yes, Jimmy did, but Carlos told me, say, hey, so you can go to NASCAR or you can go to Europe. And I support that. Yeah. I, I will support you. You go to England. You, you go to live there. You, you Europe, do like in Formula cars. Yeah, in open wheel. Yeah. I was gonna go in, I guess, Formula Four, Formula Three. I kind of yeah, know what it was. Yeah. The, the sort of straight out of go kart junior stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So when I started having that conversation with him, I was like, man, maybe maybe I can go to Europe. These guys, you know, these guys gonna it's gonna sponsor me and everything. It's okay. And then and then I left his office with Jimmy. And Jimmy had a lot of experience in, in racing, and I said to Jimmy, Jimmy, what do you think? He 
He said, man, I don't know. You have to make that decision. What do you want? And I say, and I say to Jimmy, if I was your kid, what would you do? What would you advise me? He said, listen, I know that you're very good. I was at the time probably 17, 18 years old. He said, well, to go to Europe, you're already on the edge to be late. Uh, we're going to need a lot of money. And you are, and that is Checo, that is Esteban, and then that is you. So you're going to go, and everything is going to go, but you're going to be the third in line. Yeah. And, and he's, he's only going to write so many checks to get to F2 or whatever it yeah. is. At the time. He wasn't right. too worried about that. He no. was just worried about. <laughs> he is yeah. a billionaire. Jimmy wasn't worried about that. He was more worried about the timing on things and he told me and I know for sure because Jimmy was already very connected with NASCAR and he said and I know that NASCAR has been looking for us for a Mexican driver for a long time he said he said you can be the third driver over there in Formula One Europe or you can be the first way in NASCAR and open something big because that market is huge and they've been they've been screaming for a Mexican driver for a long time and, and we've been we've been we have had front seats for that so I went to sleep with that, and then I talked to my father, and then I talked to Jimmy more, and uh, I told more about it, more about it, and uh, I said, you know what? I want to be the first one to, to get here, and I want to be the first one to win championships and to win uh, uh, races, and uh, and I made that decision. How do you get from that point to Joe Gibbs Racing? So. When I was uh, here, my second year, I was strolling a lot, and then I went to the Drive for Diversity program, which they helped me a lot. It's, it's that program, they don't give you the best equipment, yeah, right. but they give you some equipment. Yeah, it's Rev Racing at the time, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was racing there, and, uh, and I, was, I was doing okay. I was doing good, but not great. And then eventually we got a new car, and then I was killing it. I was winning, winning, winning. And then, this was Canon. Yeah, Canon yeah. stuff. And then, yeah. and then eventually I got, uh, you know, I, I, I won the first two races of the year. Well, one of them was in Daytona. So many of the cop teams, they, they were kind of like, hey, you know, who is this kid? I remember I had a meeting with Roush. Before Gibbs, Roush reached out to me and they wanted to do something with me. I met with them. Uh, they made me an offer. They gave me a contract. And uh, uh, they, they, were, they were asking for a little bit of sponsorship, but, but they, they were... You know, they wanted me to get as a development driver, and uh, at the time I was I was just starting to be successful. So we decided to wait a little bit. Tell them, let's let's just hold on because that was only the beginning of 2014. So Jimmy, you know, they told me, hey, just just wait a little bit and see see what happens. You know, we're not in a rush because we were talking for that was the early 2014, and we were talking about 15. So we were kind of like one year ahead. And, uh, and, then, and then Gibbs came to the table. And, uh, and they had a sponsor that was interested in me. Uh, and that sponsor was also interested in doing business with Carlos. Yeah, in Mexico. Sure. Right. So right. That, so that's, a way to get to that, him that's too, how right. the sponsor from being X yeah. went to X. Kids, this is called business to business. Yeah, this was Actually Aris? working. Was this Correct. Aris? That's yeah. Aris. Yeah. Yeah. That's, how, yeah, yeah. that's how the sponsor went from yeah. $1 to 5 B to B. Yes. Yeah. So an actual one. Is, yeah. An yeah, actual one. An actual work worked <laughs> out. So, yeah. so they saw this opportunity with, obviously, Carlos's money is so much in telecom in Mexico yeah. that uh, Aris felt the connection of 
making him happy by by putting you through would be a big so that, big that's benefit. how everything yeah. started and then i went to gibbs uh i did actually iris sponsored me for one race one or two races in 14 at the end and then i signed a two-year deal with with uh, with gibbs and i raced with them 15 and 16 uh and then you know the rookie of the year and then i won the championship the next year and uh and then we went to cup cup was very bad over there uh we had a lot of issues so yeah. So you won you won the Xfinity Championship at 16. I don't know. I, I'm sure your, your self belief was another story, but I don't know that outside of your team, I don't know how many people put you in as necessarily the guy that was going to win the Xfinity Championship that year. Um, so the way we understood it is that when you know Carl Edwards retired, sort of unexpectedly, you took that seat. Were you planning on being in Cup that next year? <laughs> that is a uh there is something that probably I can say here, but okay. uh, uh, I was going to go to Cup yeah. in 17 yeah. uh, with Gibbs or without Gibbs. Ah, and, uh, okay. and, uh, and when that happened, uh, when that happened, uh, even before before right. I won the championship, okay. I, had, I had already something so that, you, that if, the, the if funding was had, secured essentially. No, it wasn't the funding. It was okay. uh, actually an, uh, an an opportunity from from, okay. from a different team okay. to uh, to go to Cup okay. for, for 17. Okay. Uh, if Gibbs didn't Which give me the car. option to go to Cup, which they were not gonna do it because yeah. they were the set. seats were all filled. And then yeah. expected he left. Carlos was left. Yeah. And they put me in the car, and uh, and we started the season. We started very strong with that team. The team was unbelievable. It's probably one of the strongest teams I I, I have had. Um, but uh, but it didn't last very long. It started going apart very early, and then and then things started going sideways. Unfortunately, from there. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of like how how things happen. But no, many people were not actually in the middle of 16. I was not expecting to go to cup. But the second year of 16, I things start clicking, and I start winning, and I start being the more consistent, and then I won the championship, and and everyone wanted me to go to cup. So you know that's kind of how, how, how it happened. Would you if you went back? couple years ago and you could do it over again would you take the other offer or would you do the Gibbs thing knowing what you know now <laughs> no question about it no no doubt about it yeah I would do the other one you do Gibbs no. again no, no you've done the oh. other program oh. Oh. so it was a big name program very big yeah interesting okay yeah, yeah well, but, god you know, damn it I want to know well you know that, that's, how, that's how life works you know and, uh, and I felt that probably if, if I was taking the other option uh, probably I wouldn't be in track house today and, uh, and and listen, I I had it for what I think extremely easy in Xfinity. Like when I went to Xfinity, I was successful very quick. I was successful very quick. You, you can call it you can call it equipment. You can call it a competition. You can call it whatever you want. But the point is that I was successful extremely quick. Like I won Rookie of the Year, top five in the championship the first year, and the second year I won the championship. Yeah. So it was it happened extremely yeah, you quick. You did very well. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. You know, for a kid that a handful of years before that didn't run ovals at all like it happened very quick so when i went to cop i just i i had a lot of lessons to learn a lot, a lot of lessons about people a lot of lessons about being smart being mature and uh, and i didn't have anyone on my back with experiencing right NASCAR like, do you have a manager or an agent 
I do, but that person doesn't know anything about racing. That person knows a lot about business. Oh, so you don't have like a racing agent no. per se. So I never, yeah, had, yeah. I never had a Jimmy Johnson on my back telling me, hey, Daniel, this is what you should do. Right, right. Because my father doesn't have that, you know? I never had anyone like that. So, so I, had to, I had to learn as, as, I, as I went, and, and there were a lot of things that, uh, that it just, just went the way that they, they, they were going. And, uh, and you know, I, I was told some things and ended up being different things, and just things just didn't work out. And then I ended up leaving over to a store house, uh, kind of like last minute, that, that was unexpected as well. And, uh, and with the store house, it was good. It was very good. It just, the same thing, you know, it, I just felt like it was, it wasn't a long-term thing for some, you know, because everything is about timing and it wasn't the right time for me there. It was a good time for me, just from like a transaction, you know, I was going to be there for a little bit, but right. they already knew who was going to that car yeah, in, so in, the, in the near future. So, out, yeah. you know, it was, yeah. it was kind of like a, like a bad timing. And then again, it happened very late. So I was kind of like out of the, out of the seat for a while. So, so I was like this in cup, I was like this and, uh, and I just couldn't. I never had the opportunity to actually build something strong, and uh, and when I when I talked to Justin and I saw his vision and everything that he wanted to do, I I had the confidence that with him I was gonna be able to build what I've been trying to build since I was a kid. And you can finally have that family you wanted in the in the yeah, deal. Yeah, because I, I just I just never. It's very difficult when when somebody look at you for for who you have as your friends. Talking about. You know, the big boss, and or, ta- or or looking at you for you, for what you bring to the table. So, and I feel like there was always a little bit of mix in, in the previous stuff, and uh, and it was it was just a little bit difficult for is me. Is that is that driver ego that you like? I want you to want me because I'm badass at this, no, not because it, I can get you to it, this guy. It wasn't a it wasn't a driver ego, but it was most like they in, in many times they didn't really. I wasn't a priority. When you're in a race team, you have to, especially in the Cup Series, you have to be a priority because you are racing with the best of the best, the best driver, the best engineers, the best pit crew. And if you if you are not a priority for your team, like if your team don't want you to be successful, and if something goes kind of like not right, but it's not wrong, and they are not focused to fix it, it's wrong. If they tell you, hey, just be patient, it's gonna work out, and when you're, you have to go. When you're in a four-car team and you're effectively the late addition, and you have teammates that have won championships or have won a shit ton of stuff, yeah, like it's it's very difficult to put yourself in position. Like, no, I have to be listened to when there's so many guys who've got I, I, huge I, resumes. And that was that was one that was probably the biggest problem I had. Gabe, that, that that I just my boys wasn't loud enough, and uh, and they didn't listen to me. And uh, and the team was very very strong with Carl left. Probably one of the strongest teams I I have had in, in my cup career, but. But but he only lasts six weeks. Well, if your guys aren't like in love with you being in that car, they're not going to go the extra mile. They're not going to fight for you with whatever it is that you need to do better, right? It's everything. It's, yeah. it's, it's just having having you know just having okay, what can we do for yeah. for this to be better? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like engineers, like people, like pit crew, like you know, staff to do. Like there was always my my pit crew was unbelievable on on, on when when I went to cop. And, uh, and eventually, in the middle of the year, they took it away from me. They, they, they gave it to someone Oh, they else. changed the crew. Yeah. You know, things like that, yeah, yeah. they happen every month. So yeah. slowly, the very strong team I had, it just slowly went away. Yeah, yeah. And, and then by the next year, the following year, it wasn't as good anymore. So yeah. it, it was, 
there was always something missing because we were not it's, it's, it's hard to say but I don't think that we were important enough yeah you know as, as a team like we were not one of the priorities for, yeah. for the team I, I want to talk about track house but I want to go back to the decision process in 2016 so second half of the season you have an opportunity with a program that you now with retrospect think you maybe should have gone to what was the decision process between that opportunity for staying with Gibbs when Carl left well before before I won the championship I already had this this option and based on my contract on my contract with Gibbs if, if, if I had a cup, a cup opportunity somewhere else oh, and they I didn't see. have a cup opportunity for me I could leave so you're contractually bound if there's an opportunity so yeah okay. so eventually essentially I was ready to leave because they didn't have an opportunity for me and someone else was already giving me an opportunity but when unexpected it they had opportunity I, I couldn't choose. I had to stay with them okay. because they gave me the shot. So this wasn't a choice. This was no, a contract a that said you are going. It they had the choice. option, so to speak. Yeah. I, I'm going to be honest. If I had a choice, I don't know what I would have done because I never expected to be treated the way that I was in Cup uh, with, with Gibbs. I, like, I thought I thought it was going to be a smooth, just like it was. Like yeah. your, your Probably, guys. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. I don't know what I would have done. I mean, it's easy to say now because I saw what happened. Right, Gibbs, but right? how are you going to know? Right, but right. at the moment, I don't know what I would have done. Yeah. Uh, well, in Xfinity, the games are so different in terms of But yeah, of but it players. wasn't an option. Yeah. It, it wasn't yeah, an option. Okay. It, it, it was going to be an option if they didn't give me the opportunity, which I knew already what I was right. going to do. Right. Okay, so then after the Stuart Haas thing happens, you end up at Gaunt Brothers. And... <laughs> And you laugh. Wow, that's a hell of a yeah, response. Okay, okay. Um, message delivered. Let's just let's just be real about it. Yeah, that's not the best team out there. And you drove for one of the best teams, and then another really highly respected team. And you go to a much smaller program. And you've already explained to us several times how much determination and drive you have. But it doesn't matter when you're in the back of those packs with the equipment. It's just too important in the sport. Like in sports car racing or even IndyCar racing, we're seeing the smaller teams can still be competitive. But at Cup, it's impossible. So how do you stay motivated when you get that deal? Do you know what it feels to hit bottom? Yes, I do. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel that... I feel like I'm a very lucky individual, man. I'm very, very fortunate to be in this position. Uh, to have the people I have around me. And sometimes, sometimes life gives you lessons. Uh, and, uh, and I felt that, I feel like I work extremely hard for everything I have had in my career. And when I, when I went to Cup, the very first month that I have of racing, I swear to God that I say this, this is easy. I'm gonna win race and championship my first year in Cup when I had a big team. And I felt like life really pulled me a test, and they, it, life gave me a lesson because I was, I was, I thought I was gonna be, I was working very hard. I, I've been always very hard work person for for how I came here, right? But but I thought that I was gonna kill it, and I, I was confident. And then things start going sideways, and I start struggling, struggling, and, and then frustration, and then struggling, struggling. And in 2020, it was that year that that I hit bottom. Uh, 
2019 was very difficult for me because uh, because how things happen at the Stuart Haas. Uh, I have a, a great relationship with uh, Tony and a great relationship with uh, with with, uh, with Gene. The way that things, the president of Stuart Haas, uh, Brett Fruit, I have an amazing relationship with him. Um, the way that things work out at the very late, it really affected me because because things looked like they were gonna work out, and then and then last minute we were actually in the Homestead race, last race of the season, and 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 Gene told me that that they were gonna go with Cole, which which I didn't surprise me, but I thought that they they were gonna stay with me, but at the same time I was thinking, you know what? If my father was yeah. on Cole's position, right. my father would have done we exactly do the same, the same thing. thing. Right. So yeah. I was working my ass off to try to, to stay there yeah. because I we were strong that year. Uh, but, uh, you know, we had a lot of issues. Again, Stuart has gave me a lot of good opportunities, uh, way more than Gibbs, actually. But still, we were still a, a, a team that needed some work. You know, the pit crew was very bad. And, and there were a couple of things that, that we needed some work. It was a perfect team to grab the team, do a little shake, change a few things, change a few people, change some things, and come back next year and now be competitive. Not just because we were competitive in 2019, but we had spikes. You know, we had pole positions, we led laps, we finished top three, but we had spikes. We were not consistent on top. So we needed that. We, needed, we really needed that. And, uh, and when that happened, that I ended up leaving, I didn't have anything. Uh, and uh, and I, I always had an amazing relationship with Toyota. I, I, I cannot say anything bad about them. They are great people, an amazing manufacturer. And, uh, and they, right after all this happened, they reached out to me the next day and they say, hey, you know what, we have had, you know, they have, they have uh, a, lot of, a lot of eggs, you know, uh, in one basket with, with Gibbs and, mm -hmm. and they wanted to, to have Another, another a small team starting and make it a strong mm -hmm. uh, starting with the next-gen car. Yeah. The next-gen car originally was going to start this year. Yeah, right, right. So, so he say, if you are willing to work through this process and build this team in 2020, we can build you something very competitive for 21 with the next-gen. They start talking to me about it and they gave me the, the whole you know, plan for, for 2020 we're gonna get Toyota engines. We're gonna get Gibbs cars. We're gonna get all these different things. I say, okay, you know, we're gonna work a little bit with Gibbs. We're gonna do our thing here. Toyota's gonna support. And honestly, Toyota did everything they they told me they were gonna do. Uh, but but unfortunately, in, in the team side, nothing happened. Yeah. Uh, everything just, everything that was you didn't see what you were expecting on an improvement nothing, level. No, yeah. unfortunately, you know, we're running. We, I knew we were going to start very bad. Sure. Because, but you, you want know, to see that resolve to get better. We were talking, yeah. we started talking about this late November. So we, we didn't close this deal until January. So they told me, hey, there is no way we're going to be able to start strong. But we promise you that the second month of, of racing, we're going to have gift cards, we're going to have this. Yeah, right. So in the beginning, we started racing with cars from Michael Walter Racing from 2013. Holy so that was gonna be just to start, right, 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 right sure. And yeah, then, yeah. And then everything it was gonna get better. So <laughs> promises in racing. They, yeah, yeah. I, Tough. you know, <laughs> there were a lot of things that I had to give up. Like I had to 
give up a lot of things, a lot of sponsor, a lot of things, sponsor-wise. Uh, because you, they're to, conflicting to or be, something. Well, no, no, no. To put that into the team to be able to have the good stuff, because I didn't want to just run. Okay, so you went thirty. So I gave up a lot of things, you know, salary and a lot uh, of things. Okay. On, on on my part. So yeah. you're translating so a, lot of, a lot of sponsorships that you Some of the sponsors that, that I have on myself, I put them in the team, okay, so, yeah. so they have more budget to afford everything. See what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and and when I when Idiot. I when that happened, <laughs> and uh, it, it was it was very bad because. Well, things things started not to happen, and, yeah, uh, and yeah. then things started to happen way slow. Like things things were, they told me they were here, yeah, and the goal was here, and they actually were here, way back behind, and they told me they were gonna move like this, and they ended up moving like this. Yeah, so snail space. It was yeah. it was it was not what I was expecting, yeah, and uh, and I was putting a lot of pressure to get better, to get better, yeah, and then uh, COVID hit, yeah, yeah, and as you guys may know. COVID has been the perfect excuse for oh, yeah. 99% of the people in this world, right? Either people don't want to work or people don't want to make things yeah. happen or people yeah. is lazy. Bathrooms on road trips. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so <laughs> COVID, COVID started to become, in many cases, truthful. Yeah, you know, yeah, no, there are real problems. Yeah, right. yeah. But we, like, we've been you, saying that. In our e-racing sequel video last year, yeah. we made that very common about racing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but in many situations also, people start using this as, a, as, as excuse a to, to not do anything. Uh, or I was trying, but you know, you know what? Because of this, I won't try anymore. You know yeah, what I mean? Right, yeah, And, and yeah. I'm not like that. So, yeah. so we start having a lot of issues. Right? Yeah. And, uh, and I don't like to talk bad about anyone, but just things. The goal wasn't the same. Uh, like the goal I had, the, the goal they had, it wasn't the same, and it just things things were not working out. And uh, and Toyota did everything that they promised promised me they were gonna do, uh, but but the team had to do their part as well. And and it just, I mean, I I, I, I was it, it was very frustrating. And that year I hit bottom, man, because that, that year I said, man, when you don't have anything to lose, you have everything to gain. And uh, and that year, I realized that that I needed to get back to the, to the top because I wasn't I wasn't I'm not a driver that it's okay to run 20th. I I'm, I'm just not wired that way. And uh, and and I had to work extremely hard to to get out of that crap. And uh, because not just that, but the entire year we raced with those 2013 cars. So we were. Oh, you never got away from the <laughs> Michael Walter cars. <laughs> Oh God! Was, right up to the end of the season Cute. last year. Yeah. Wow! You know, you're, you're well, not COVID, man. Yeah, COVID. COVID. We can't get that Gibbs right. chassis from across the street because COVID's got the road blocked. Yeah, man. You know, it's funny because Joey, uh, Joey Logano, and I were good friends, and uh, and I, I remember when I when I talked to him about this situation, he told me he said, Daniel, those cars used to be bad back back right. in 2013. They, they weren't good then. Yeah. <laughs> so now <laughs> it's not even close. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah man, it was it was just very difficult. But but let me tell you, I felt that that gave me the strength that I have today. The mental strength and, and, and the power and the and the yeah. the hungry that I have yeah. today to go out there yeah. and do my thing because because that was a very probably one of the toughest years I have had here. I, over the first two years when I moved to the US, those were the toughest. But right behind that one is yeah. 2020. So then that sets us up perfectly to talk about our boy Justin Marks and the track house opportunity. Because how f***ing lucky are you, my friend, that you go to the Gibbs program, not so great. Stewart House program, not so great. Gaunt Brothers, 
Pitbox 2013 chassis from MWR to now a guy that wants to start an empire that'll be probably the next Hendrick or Ganassi style operation. And he picks you to help out with the program. Yeah, very, very fortunate. Uh, when all this happened, I, uh, I had to put a huge leap of faith in Justin. Because when Justin reached out to me, all he had was a piece of paper. That was it. And what was your relationship with Justin Pryor? Outside of wrecking him at Dover. <laughs> yeah, and then winning the race yeah. despite. <laughs> and then just waving at him. He's, he's been a friend. Okay. He's been a friend, but not a close friend. Not close. Yeah. You're not hanging yeah. out all the time. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. no. Just a friend. Right. Uh, did he just reach out to you at random, or did you guys cross no, paths? No, no, no. Actually, the person that reached out to me first was Ty Norris. Okay. Yeah. And, then, and then Justin did as well. But, but when all this happened... I, I was tired. Oh, I, I wasn't tired. No, I was, I was scared of another new promise, you know. And uh, because I just came from a one that right. I got, you know. Yeah, I got, right. the, the, the I got a great idea. Yeah. Hear me out. And if yeah. you don't, and, and I, I say this with love, but if you don't, if you if you're not particularly close with Justin, like we know Justin from the sports car side, to know where he stands when he makes obligations. But if you don't know him very well... He could be just one more asshole. He could asshole. Just be just one more guy yeah, yeah, yeah. that's spending money or making new plans. I knew Justin was a, was a good person, and I, I knew he was a driver and also a businessman. Mm -hmm. So, but that, that didn't mean I was safe, right? When, when he showed up with me, he, he was on... He, well, not him, Ty. They were only... They only had a piece of paper. Yeah. And, and the whole project in, on paper. So, and for those who don't know Ty Norris, he's been in like a team manager yeah, type he, he's forever. The, he's the president of Trihouse. He's yeah. the right hand yeah. of, of, of Dustin. And right. Right. Yeah. But he's and a like long-time figure Huge, of huge career behind yeah, him. He, yeah, he's yeah. been in this sport for more than if, 30 years. If he's yeah. doing something, it's probably going to be legit. It's be all right. Yeah. So when, when all this happened, I just, I just wasn't ready to, to get another leap of faith. And uh, I don't really, the first meeting that I had with, with, with Ty, it sounds very nice everything that he was saying but I just didn't know man I, it's almost like when, when you have a girlfriend and, and she she cheats on you right you, you're gonna have the second girlfriend guess what you're gonna be a little more concerned right right yeah like I don't know that has never happened to me but I imagine I, was gonna right? say, <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know what you're uh, talking about uh, yeah. 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 that has no, never happened like, to me but that's uh, not what I think you know well, like, yeah. but, like we've all been on a first date where she's awesome <laughs> and then after a month, it you're turns like, out, oh, this is not the person that was here on the yeah, first date. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. so I was just... We've all swiped on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was I just, have not. <laughs> I was just conservative, you know, yeah. at, at that point, And I just didn't know. And, and luckily for me, I, you know, pe people know. People know when somebody is good, when somebody can drive. And, and luck luckily for me, I had some other opportunities. And, uh, and especially one of them, it was actually very good to be competitive and uh, but there were some very good friends very close friends that that advised me just to just to listen to all the options and, and not to go just with the option that looks to be the best so when I start talking more and more to Ty and Justin we met in person with Justin as well I start to see the vision and how he wanted to do it and I know how smart he is when it comes to business. Uh, we start talking also about business opportunities in Mexico and stuff like that. And you know, he's young. He wants to be here for you not know, just for a little bit. He was commit. And then I said, you know what, my God, I, I have always trust my God feeling. And uh, and I said, you know what, this is something that 
he's looking better and better. And uh, and I kind of like made my decision. And then I talked to my father. I talked to my manager. They told, but they both told me I was crazy. They told me I should have gone. I, I, I should I should go to the other option because the other option, it was already established team, a very strong team. Yeah. And it was a team that in was cup or Xfinity. Cup. Okay. That was gonna be able to be in the top ten. Yeah. Probably even shots to win races. So you know it's it's crazy how life works, man. And I, I, my father told me, man, you, you you cannot just throw someone like that again. You just got <laughs> a few weeks ago. <laughs> and then my manager, my manager also, he's a businessman and, yeah. and he he doesn't really know a lot about racing. Just yeah. more business. Yeah. He said, man, I, I think you should go to the secure side. I said, man, I I don't know. I just mm-hmm. I just want I don't want to go with what looks beautiful yeah. because I was already there. You've already seen that. You've already seen that. I was that. already yeah. there at Stuart House. Yeah. And look yeah. where I'm at right now. This guy is telling me all this stuff. He really wants to do it. Every single person that I talked to about Justin, Steve Phelps, president of NASCAR, people, important people I talked to, hey, what can you tell me about Justin? Every single person. I don't have one person, important people, that told me something negative about Justin. No one person. And uh, and I ho- I had I had only positive things about Justin, but I wanted to know from important people what what their thought was. And when I got very positive feedback, I, I and then I got a, I had I had a good God feeling from meeting with him. And then I got positive feedback. I said, you know what? I have to build this with him and this guy is gonna make me a champion in NASCAR. Maybe not tomorrow, yeah. but probably next week. Well, there's and there's one key, and this may have played a factor or not, but the consistent struggle I'm hearing when you were with the two big teams is getting your voice heard. Um, that getting like, no, I need to be just as much of a priority as this cup champion or this guy that wins all the time. If you took another opportunity, even if it was an opportunity that can win, you're still going to have a teammate who might be pretty vocal, and you're going to have to fight for that attention. Whereas with uh, with Justin, this is something you can build around you and be listened to when you when you want to hear it. The thing is that what happened, what happened, it happened, right? But then what happened at Stuart Haas, it was a very similar version of what happened at Gibbs, but better. It was better. Like, we were much better. But it was, but it was similar. It was, you know, uh, not the best big crew. Like, like, similar, but better. No, no. In Mexico, we say uh, not, not tan descarado. Do you know what that means? It was better, but it wasn't great, and, and I thought it was gonna it was gonna be amazing, everything good. So I just I just thought, you know what, I cannot make the same mistake again, and uh, and I and I thought that you know what, we have to try something. So no, I've been down the road of being with a good team, and I've seen how it can work out for me. So why not take another risk? Well, it wasn't just a good team. Good yeah. teams. I'm not saying good teams are bad, not at all, but you have. You have to have the the team have your back yeah. and, and yeah. push. You have and, to have and, your and actually, space. Stuart that. has did that. Stuart yeah. has actually did that. Stuart, I'm not saying the Stuart has did it. No, they did that. They had my back. They were pushing with me, but we just it was we were halfway into the season and we were doing well, and then we were already having issues for the following year, and then a lot of controversy went in the middle. Like there were just a lot of little things that went in there. The pit crew that you know were struggling a lot and. And stuff that we should have done better. Right. So talking about this year, um, you may not agree with this statement, but I would say from a Daniel Suarez stock standpoint, like the value of you as a driver, I would say this year has probably been your biggest rise in stock because Trackhouse new team 
Um, yes, it's RCR affiliated equipment, but against some of the bigger names, you know, it's it's tough to show well, and you've shown exceptionally well in multiple races this year. Um, I would say this year you've really established yourself as, as maybe one of your better years. Um, I don't know if you would agree with that statement, but it seems like you've put yourself back up there as a very, very top-level guy. I, I par agree. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's, if he's been my... Probably after what happened last year, yes. Yeah. I, I would say that 2016 also was a very huge spike for me. Yeah. Uh, for being okay from winning races to win championships. Yeah, you know, right, exactly. Like yeah, yeah. But I would say this, man. I, this year, this year has been good. Many people ask me this question, uh, especially on interviews. And uh, they tell me, hey, evaluate your season so far. I always say that it's been good. It hasn't been great. Sure. It hasn't been the first year team. Yeah, you know, so, no, but counting that, yeah, yeah. counting that, yeah. I I really wanted to win a race this year, oh, yeah. and I want to. I, we still have three more, uh, and um, and I think that we've been working very hard. I felt like I felt that uh, when the whole Ganassi thing started happening with with the whole situation there, I feel like we took a couple steps back with the buyout. Huh? with the buyout. Well, no, with our current team, like okay. uh, speed-wise, like there were distractions. There were yeah. the pit crew; they didn't know if they were going to come with us, so they they oh, were okay. not yeah, on the right. So right. With the people, Ganassi people rush, started because yeah. we're sitting to here. Make mistakes. Yeah, we're sitting here in November, or sorry, we're sitting here in October of 2021, and but this happened two months ago, though. right? But this won't come out till later. And what we try to do is make the episode not so in the moment. So if someone hears this five years from now, I got you. They'll kind of understand the timeline. So what you're saying is that the success of the team this year struggled a little bit after Justin announced that he was buying Ganassi moving forward, and so there's distractions and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I thought that our team was moving in, the, in a very good direction. I thought that we were moving in the direction to probably win a race this year. Uh, the only weak thing that we had the entire year was Pit Crew, again. Pit Crew, very, very bad. But everything else was clicking extremely well. Like, we're running top 10 already. And uh, and when the announcement happened officially, uh, we we started losing some of that. Um, I felt like there was some lack of being focused. And, and believe it or not, one of the first meetings I had with my team was, let's not get distracted by all this, and let's focus on the la on on the la on on the last part of the season. But it's difficult, you know. It's difficult to to. You know, it just things happen difficult because some people, they didn't know if they were going to go with us or not. Some people didn't know if they had jobs or not. The pit crew, you know, they were struggling a lot, so they were down. And, and just start things start happening not the best way. And, and I feel like that settles back a little bit for probably a couple months, uh, six weeks or so. And then we slowly st started to get the, 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 the track again. Well, it took us some time. We had a lot of issues. At one point, we broke two transmissions in road course stuff. We were very strong. The transmission broke. And then the brakes went bad in Watkins Lane. Like, very good races, things happened. Pit crew was losing wheel, loose wheels. Like, like what, man? Like, wh why you're not on your game? And, and I'm very I'm very hard, man. I, I, I'm a, if you talk to my team, I'm probably, I'm probably a pain in the ass because I just, I just want to win. And, uh, and I'm the kind of guy that whatever it takes, you know, if, if we have to work our ass off and, and if if I have to tell you that you're an asshole but you have to push your together, I want to say it. 
you know, I can, I can be... I can be your best friend, but I can be an asshole too. So I, I have to keep pushing, and uh, and I felt that, I feel like that that didn't help us. Obviously, you know, Justin and I we had hundreds of conversations on this, and 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 he was already doing this to improve everything for the future, which he's obviously doing the right thing. But I feel like the present got affected just a little bit. So we do a pass along question. Speaking of this year with Trackhouse, um, so we just sat down a couple hours ago with uh, Scott McLaughlin. And uh, he had a question for you. Do you know who that is? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> Scott McLaughlin wants to know, why do you think you did so well on the dirt at Bristol? Because <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know to slow down. Right. Yeah, yeah. Didn't no, know you didn't know. Yeah. I'm going to tell you why. Actually, I do know why. And I'm going to tell you why. Believe it or not, the mentality... The mental as aspect of a driver is extremely important. And, and if you ask 100% of the drivers heading in, into this race, I would say that probably 60, 70% of them, they were going to tell you something negative about it. And I never been on dirt before in my life. The first time I was on dirt was the Wednesday or Tuesday before that race. And and I say, I was thinking to myself heading into that week, weekend, you know what? You don't know what you don't know. I'm going to go out there trying to learn as quick as possible. It's kind of like going back to go-karts in the beginning, trying to learn as quick as possible and trying to go as fast as, as I can. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and when we went to a test, things went well. And uh, Where'd you guys go? I can't even remember. We, we, we drove a few hours from here. You like take a late model or did you take... Like, what'd you, what'd you drive? We took a limo. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was very different than the car, though. And then when we went to a track, you know, nobody really knows what to adjust on the car. Pretty much we have what we have. And uh, I was just trying to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I was trying to have fun. Yeah. And I don't think... I don't think more than 50% of drivers were in that mentality. <laughs> right, right, yeah. 50, more than 50% of drivers were bitching about it. Yeah. And they had a negative mentality. And I felt like that they were they were already behind even before they got to the track. Because they didn't want to do it. They, they didn't want to be there. Yeah, right. I was just there to have a good time. Enjoy it. My mentality was, I'm going to go to a, to a weekend go-kart race. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. Fuck it, you know, yeah. And, I get and it. And work out well. Yeah. So tomorrow we're going to have lunch with Will Power the Australian IndyCar Penske yeah. driver. And we would love it if you could ask him a question, <laughs> anything you want. I have a very good question for him. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, I heard that Will Power, biggest hero, is Nelson Piquet. Is that truth or not? And if it's truth, why? And I hear that from my girlfriend, uh, Julia. I don't know where she got that from, but... Yeah, I, I would like to confirm that, and I would like to know why. All right. So I guess I have to say that my, my, my first uh, impressive thing that I saw you do outside of a race car was slam Michael McDowell on the ground in one move. and With a helmet on. With a hel he, yeah. He had a, Michael had a helmet on, not yeah. you. No. And is that the most tweeted thing you've ever gotten? Probably, yeah. Probably, I, I guess. I guess he didn't realize I, I grew up in the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man. 
yeah. Now, now he knows. Yeah. Now he knows. But yeah, man. Like I was telling you guys. I mean, you guys probably, you guys probably know me way more now than what most of the drivers in the Cup Series do. But yeah. You know, when you grew up in a public school and you grew up in, yeah. the, in the hood. Yeah, like in, you know, in, you in to, Monterey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's some yeah. they'll do. Yeah, yeah, you know, you have to, you have to learn to defend yourself. Uh, well, if you watch the video clip, the first thing that strikes me is that you are going right for him to go let him know that you're upset about something. It's not like a chicken hiding behind a crew guy. You don't have your whole crew. You're by yourself approaching aggressively, and then he starts to throw hands at you. And you have none of it, and then just, you know, one person disappears from the video. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, and he only retaliates when another crew is holding you on his end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like, like, that's like oh, I'll get you now. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. But it seems like you guys have had a few back and forth. And, and there, I mean, every NASCAR driver, if you YouTube search them, there's going to be clips of them yelling at people. I'm guessing it's that you don't take a lot of shit in general. So when someone's pissing you off, you let them know about it. Yeah, I don't. You're not passive aggressive. You're just aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> like if yeah. It, if he, I'm gonna if I'm gonna go, how can I say this? Like I just I just don't like both. I'm if if you make a mistake on me, come look for me and apologize. But do it right away, because if you don't do it right away, I'm gonna be pissed. And if you come to me and I, you apologize. We're gonna have a conversation. And nothing's gonna happen. But if if Jesus Christ, you know, but you if, just became a whole new person to me in a yeah, good way. Yeah, in a good I'm way. nervous now. Yeah, we need to we need to work on our properly today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just I just hate when 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 you do things and you don't own it. You know, and uh, and and obviously you know things happen. You know, we don't have to agree. Some maybe maybe if you do something to me and then I do something back and we we fight okay that's that that happens but but uh, I just I, I guess I will never go fight someone if he, I'm not 100 percent sure that the other guy f-ed up I will never initiate the actual fight you know if I may I may provoke you you know I may I may push you a little bit my my father told me when I was when I was younger that. He say, don't, don't, don't start the fight, but make sure you finish it. We need this Daniel Suarez all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, is Dairy Queen top ten a thing for you? Oh yeah, we that's got a real history. thing. Yeah, yeah. okay, because yeah. he's got podium pizza. Yeah, I do podium pizza. I get the top three any pizza I want. Alex Pelot, the uh, IndyCar champion, when he wins, he gets fried, fried chicken. chicken. Yeah. And you're an Oreo shake or Oreo uh, Blizzard Oreo guy. Blizzard. Yeah. yeah. Oreo Blizzard. I'm yeah. okay with Oreo. Dude, Blizzard. I love an Oreo Blizzard. Yeah. yeah. I had it yesterday. Yeah. Nice. I had it yesterday. Yeah. Do anyone want to see the video? Yes, we or do. You guys already saw it. I saw it on Twitter. You saw it on Twitter. Yeah. So, so your co-owner of your team is is Pitbull. What what do you call Pitbull? Papo. 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 Was does that just like cool Latin phrases that you guys yeah. can say to each other that we can never say to them? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like a Cuban thing. Okay. I'm not Cuban, but he is. But uh, and uh, you know, Cubans very often call Papo to each other. Okay. So I call him Papo. Uh, yeah. He's a great guy, man. He's yeah. An amazing guy. Is it true that your first concert you've ever gone to yeah. was a Pitbull concert? Yeah. Like six months ago or something? Actually, two. Two months ago. <laughs> two. two what the hell, man? Like, you've I'm been making you, cut money for you, a while you, now. You didn't, you didn't listen to what I told you before, that all the money was going but to go. That's, that's two months ago. You've been making cut money. You won the Xfinity Championship. I wrong. I wrong. They have concerts at these races. I, uh, oh, <laughs> well, 
if that counts, I've been in those concerts, but but it's a concert of Juan from Cross the Street. I have never, I don't even know who is the guy. Yeah, yeah. You do know? you listen to music? I do. I, I okay. love Spanish music, pop okay. music. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but I never been in a concert before. You know, when I was younger, obviously I didn't have the means, and, and now that I'm, that I'm a, a little bit uh, older. And I have the means. I don't have the time. You know, I'm racing right. from right. yeah. Yeah. to Norway. Yeah. Like, this is yeah, bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I was doing some IndyCar stuff a couple weeks ago, and and uh, we were doing some media promo with Pato Award. And he, this was in Southern California, so he, Pato was specifically called up because of so many Spanish-speaking television stations. And you're kind of the lone Spanish speaker in the NASCAR paddock. So if they're going to do a promotion for any NASCAR race, there's any number of 40 drivers they can call. But if there's something Spanish speaking, it's going to be you every time. Is that getting old? Is guy what? Getting old. No. That it's all. always like you're always the guy that they're going to call. Not at all. Okay. Actually, I, that's something that is it's something I'm very lucky. You know, I'm very fortunate to to be that guy. It's a huge value. I'm going to be honest, man. When when I was coming to the U.S. Uh, nine, ten years ago, a lot of people told me that it was going to be very difficult. And in Mexico, the, the, the doors were closed, blah, blah, American sport, blah, blah. And, yeah, it hasn't been easy. I mean, you guys already know that. But I do believe that for the fact that I'm Hispanic, I was born and raised in Mexico. I didn't learn English. Uh, I didn't learn. I didn't. I didn't know English. I came here with nothing. I feel like part of that story, it really relates to probably 80 or 90 percent of the immigrants that come here from from uh, South America. So, Mexico. So, that has helped me a lot because I'm just connecting with this community like nobody else can, and and it gives me a lot of opportunities. So, to your point, you know, you will never see. Telemundo trying to get an interview from Cal Bush, right? That was, that was my first well, thought was Cal Bush. Now, now I, I need to it. see it. Yeah. Um, so, but at the same time, so like, you know, there's photos of you on the grid in a sombrero. You've got the Dia de los Muertos uh, helmet. Um, has there been a Mexican promotion that you're like, fuck no. They're like, no. can you wear this costume? Can you no, man, dress as proud. a jalapeno? No, 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 no. I'm very proud. Obviously, you know, there is things that they say, hey, what do you think about this? And I say, no, I mean, let's do this instead. Okay. But I never say, no, I don't want to do anything. So there's never been anything that was such a stereotype that you're like, I'm I remember, not doing this. I yeah. remember, let me, let me tell you this. I, there, there are Wallace, Boba Wallace. Yeah. He's a great friend of mine. Sure. I, love, I love him. He's a great guy. Uh, one time, I remember listening to an interview that he did saying that he didn't want to be known as the African-American driver. He wanted to be known as a race car driver. You know, I just, I, I don't think that way. For me, I want to be a Mexican race car driver in the NASCAR Cup Series. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's how I want to be known. I don't yeah. want to be known as a regular NASCAR driver. Just a guy. Driver. You're, no, you're proud because, to be the Mexican because driver. Because I, yeah. I came to this country with way more, you know, uh, barriers or more obstacles, obstacles than some of the other American sure. drivers. So, yeah, I think not knowing English is a pretty yeah. hard way to get into stock And just like racing. that, leaving my yeah. family, leaving my family, leaving a lot of things. So, no, no. I, I, and, and that comes with a lot of challenges, but also comes with some rewards. Like, if tomorrow, you know, these restaurants wants to do something with NASCAR, trying to focus with Hispanic, with Hispanic, who, who do you think, who do you think they're going to try to reach out? There's only one guy. 
So, you know, I'm very lucky. I'm very fortunate to be that guy, to be the one. So I feel, I feel very lucky, man. And I try to, to uh, well, first of all, I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of, of everything, my, my heritage, my, my background. I remember 10 years ago, I used to be ashamed to say to people that I didn't know English. Today, it's something I'm very proud of. And the reason of that is because now I can connect even more to the people that came to this country just looking for opportunities. So, you know, I think it's, it's amazing. But I do believe that the best is yet to come. I think that the best is yet to come in the racetrack, winning races and winning championships with Trackhouse. And I do believe that the best is yet to come outside the racetrack too, because the way I see this is almost like a little tree, you know? You put the seed, and then you put water, sun, water, sun, and then it starts growing. So I feel that 10 years ago, eight years ago, NASCAR had this idea about trying to bring Hispanics, trying to bring Latinos, but they didn't really, I don't know, I don't know why it wasn't really working good. And now, now that we're doing so many different things, now that we have more people in NASCAR that speak the language, uh, you know, I have Daniel's Amigos program. They help me a lot. Coca-Cola supports me a lot on this program. Trackhouse, Justin. You know, we are all pulling the same direction. and We're moving the needle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You well, are. And, yeah. and re results will make it. I mean, you can honestly, not to make this a whole history thing, but if you look at champ car history, um, Fernandez was in the sport for years before he started winning. And he was, he was somewhat famous. But when he started winning, and then Tecate came on board, like it... He became, you know, possibly the biggest sports star out there. So uh, I assume it's a little bit the same here. Like, you know, the results are now really starting to show. They'll only get better. And uh, I, I can only imagine how, how big it can get, especially yeah. for like, that community. So start yeah. winning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it should be easy. Yeah. <laughs> one of the men, I can't wait. Yeah. You, have, you have no idea how much I want it. And, uh, and I won it yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, so yeah. we have to keep pushing, man. It's going to happen. I, I promise you it's going to happen soon. We need to uh, kind of hit home on something that the show is known for. It's called Dinner with Racers. You took us to a sushi restaurant. Typical Mexican. Took, <laughs> took us to it. Would you go to Taco Bell with us? No. Do, have you eaten at a Taco Bell? Don't yeah. lie. You've been to a no, Taco Bell. No, You've sure. never eaten at Taco Bell. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the guys the truth. If I have, it's been more than eight years, nine years. Okay. okay. Like, I, I can't remember. Yeah. I can't remember one time I was there. How about Del Taco? Yes, I have that. Okay. What about Chipotle? Oh, yeah. Almost every week. You're, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, listen, I can't. I do can't you, deny that. Do you yeah. consider Chipotle Mexican food? Huh? Do you consider Chipotle Mexican food? No. Okay. No, that, that's okay. a very fair statement. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, what is... It's rice with chicken. Listen, asshole. Okay. Where does America get... Mexican food wrong? Like, if you go to a Mexican restaurant, what is the difference between what you know as Mexican food and what we serve at Mexican restaurants? Well, first of all, if you go to a Mexican restaurant in Mexico... Yeah. You, you Wouldn't there just be a restaurant there? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> but you, you, yeah. You, you don't get chips and salsa. What do you mean? <laughs> you don't get chips and salsa like I just figured, like, like if I went to your mom's house right now for dinner, she would bring out a bowl of warm chips and no, some salsa no, like, and like, maybe a guacamole dip I say I say that queso I say that Mexican food here is not actually is not actual Mexican food my mom went uh, my mom went to high school in Mexico City and so as we've been kid, since we were little kids she's like this is not what Mexican food is you have to understand there's more to this than rice it's more mix it's more Tex-Mex yeah right know? yeah yeah. American Mexican it's good food. Yeah. It's, it's actually very good food. I love Mexican food. Yeah. But when I go to Mexico, you know, I, ha I go 
eat with my mom, for mm -hmm. example, something that she makes that, she, that I love is uh, caldo de pollo. Do you know what is that? No. It's uh, like is a it chicken number 23 soup. Chicken with soup with vegetables, okay. with uh, chicken breast, a little bit of rice. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's mm -hmm. Mexican. Uh, yeah. Tacos, uh, uh, you know, grills on the state. On, yeah. on, on, uh, but it's like a soft taco. Yeah, yeah it's a like, soft yeah, taco. It's you know? So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's quite different. In Mexico, something that's super popular is what we call tacos mañaneros, which means uh, tacos for breakfast. Okay. So you have tacos from Deshebrada, which is, uh, I don't know how to call it in English, but barbacoa. You know what barbacoa yeah, is? Yep, so yep. Tacos, mm -hmm. tacos in the morning over there, they're super popular. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's just different. But the Mexican food here is a very good food. Yes. I love it. Yes. I eat very often, actually. Yeah. But it's not a food that I will eat in Mexico. I mean, I do eat in Mexico rice and chicken and beans, sure, but right. it doesn't go the yeah. way that they put it here. Yeah, okay. Is there, I mean, you've traveled the country now with NASCAR. Is there one restaurant somewhere in this country that gets it right? Yes. Uh, I would say that the tacos, uh, I mean, you guys, where, where do you guys live? Atlanta, Georgia. I live in Los Angeles. You're, you're in LA? Yeah. yeah. So. so, you know, uh, King Taco? Yeah. Holy I just we just went to one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Taco. Well, those, those tacos are very good. Oh. Those tacos are very good. You working on a sponsor deal right now? Yeah, we working on this? No. Oh, I yeah. wish. Yeah. We, we, know we can make this happen yeah, we, for you, We got actually. the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. got King. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, King Taco. Those tacos are very good. Every time I go really? out, I get some tacos from there. So I actually did not think King Taco was close to authentic. No, those tacos it are is. good. Okay. Yeah, he didn't say authentic. He said good. Oh, okay. <laughs> Would you say call them authentic? Um... You know what? Is the problem that, and this is the part that people don't understand here in America. Yeah. If you go to Monterrey, Mexico, where I'm from, yep. we have food one way. If you go to Mexico City, yeah, you have food different way. Sure. Mm -hmm. You go to Guadalajara, food different way. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, those tacos are authentic somewhere. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Great answer. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. like, wherever Mr. King is from, yes. it might be more authentic to the city yeah. he's, he's from. Yeah. So, but, but in Monterrey, Mexico, yes, those tacos are authentic. Yeah. So uh, I might have you lie on this, but uh, can you settle something for us? Uh, cheese on tacos? Is that That's normal? Cheese? Cheese, yeah. On like, tacos? Like, like, like you get like some chicken, some cheese, cheese, and a. Shredded yeah. cheese, yeah. yeah. That's normal in Mexico? I mean, depends, right? Everyone is different, but yes, you can. Do it, it. it happens, though. Like there yeah. are there there are cases in Monterrey where <laughs> cases there are where there are there it are depends, people depends that will put, the meat. But there is cheese. I'm not. We're not asking yeah. about the meat. Yeah. There is cheese. Oh, but depends the meat. Like if you put, <laughs> Damn it, if, you put hell. <laughs> if you put uh, barbacoa, yeah, fuck yeah. no, you won't put cheese on barbacoa. Right, right, right. But, but if you put beef, steak, like beef, yes. chicken, okay. chicken, yes. okay. So okay. Will Turner, Jay Byer, yeah, you lying pieces of shit. They were trying to convince, and and they they live in New Hampshire. I live in Los Angeles. They were trying to convince me that they're that authentic Mexican tacos don't have cheese in them, and I'm like, oh, what yeah. the. Are you talking about? So you're 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 backing this idea up that there is cheese in tacos depending on the place. It's an option. Right? It's an option, right? It's like okay. going to a dealership and buying a car with yeah, yeah. Uh, eighteen wheel, eighteen inch wheels or nineteen yeah. inch wheels. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's an, an option. option. Yes. Uh, okay, that's we're, well, just, they, we're selling it, a debate. They, they put it. They put it in there in the table for you to put it. Yes. Right. So maybe like the guy from Los Angeles knows Mexican food better than the guy from New Hampshire. Correct. Okay, that's all we're trying to establish. <laughs> I'm always right. That's all I want to know. What thing from home from Monterey 
not in terms of your actual home, but in like the city or, or culturally, what thing needs to come to the U.S.? I wish I wish we had, uh, you know, more authentic food. Okay. Like, it's difficult, man. It's Do you think difficult. now is that because of? Like Mexican food in America has now evolved to being to this be, thing exactly. that is not necessarily yeah, real. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I feel. I feel like the the American the American Mexican food it has become this deal that everyone loves and everyone yeah. wants and it's so, cheap and it's right. being good. So if somebody went to a Mexican food and didn't get that, they yeah. wouldn't go there. Yeah, but in Mexico, you know, we have very good food, very very good food, yeah. and uh, and I wish we we can we can get some of that. Sure. Uh, Dia de los Muertos helmet is like my favorite helmet ever because I just yeah, think that's so cool what you did. What? Why? Where did that come from? You know, I I met a, a Mexican designer and yeah. uh, we kind of like got together. We started designing this helmet and, uh, and it turned out amazing. It's, it's honestly one of my favorite helmets as well. Yeah. I love it. Do you have a favorite celebrity cameo that you've been able to do? Cameo? Cameo. Do you know what a cameo is? Like an appearance for something unrelated, right? So like a cameo is like a famous person is in a TV show for two seconds. Like, have you been in a music video? Yeah. Or have you been well, on a with TV Pitbull. show? With what? With Pitbull. You've been in Pitbull videos? Yeah. Okay, well, I didn't know this. What were you doing? Uh, I was in one of his, actually, his latest song. Yeah. I'm in the video. Oh, I didn't know that. Which yeah. song? I Feel Good. I've, so if we go on YouTube and look up I Feel Good, yeah. check, you'll, check be, you'll be sitting there dancing. What, are you, my, what my, do they have you doing? My race car is there, too. You're there in a race car. Yeah, Do, you, do they make you dance? I'm singing. Are you singing? Are you really singing? A little bit, yeah. Oh, sh- Okay. Okay, so uh, we have an iRacing League. We know you've raced in the NASCAR iRacing League. Did you actually have your dog jump up on the simulator, or did you try to take out Ty Dillon? No, no, I, had, I, uh, I was trying to take him out. Oh, okay, but then you tweeted that the dog... Yeah, that was a joke. <laughs> yeah. the, the dog was there though right well, yeah mean, it was there egg and yarn. it was in my lap but, but yeah. it wasn't his fault yeah <laughs> got to the bottom of that see when they had a lack that's why they didn't get them out <laughs> <laughs> so you've gotten to race against uh some of the best drivers in north america uh, is there anybody that you that you think of that's just like not worth your time you wouldn't even show up for a race against them yeah Dan Cameron. Really? Suck it, Cameron. All right. So, obviously, you know, you're here because Justin forced you to against your will. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, he said it was a job requirement. Yeah, he said it was yeah, a job requirement, yeah, and yeah. you're doing I this. Actually, he just texted me. Oh, okay. what he's what like, he are say? they still going? No, actually, he's asking me something else. Oh. Oh. Nah. oh. He doesn't care about <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, Probably he doesn't even know that we're doing this right now. Uh, so... Obviously, you came in here not really knowing much about us, uh, but uh, for our kind of fans who you know are learning a lot more about your story, what what would you want the main takeaway for somebody to learn about you from this this episode? I'm a very work hard kind of person. I'm a very work hard uh, kind of person that uh, and then being hard headed sometimes is good if you can control it. So I feel like I'm I'm a, I'm a little bit like that. I feel like I control I control it fairly well ninety uh, percent of the time. And, um, <laughs> it's your last name is McDowell. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that, that, that fell in that ten percent that I don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah man, uh, just yeah. working hard. You know, uh, nothing, nothing is, uh, is 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 given. You know, success. They say that success is not owned; it's rented, and the rent is due every day. So we have to go out there and work hard every day. That's awesome. I hate that phrase because it's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Taking uh, the day off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
would say on that note, Continental's got the check. And thank you one more time to Daniel, and shout out to Jeff Verga, who had suggested him, and we will close out with Acerte a l'amour by Cosi. Hasta el amanecer Quiero hacerte el amor